0: Have you ever felt betrayed by the closest people in your lives? Have you ever felt so hurt that it's traumatized you to even try again? That this whole situation has changed your perception of what relationship is really supposed to be, how a healthy relationship is supposed to be, and what a toxic relationship is like. But we forget the fundamental values of each and every one of these people in our lives. The relationships that you've built or the relationships that have been broken. They're lessons, lessons for us to learn, lessons for us to find our own selves and become the people and the person that we want to be in a relationship. Understanding how to create true boundaries, a great foundation. And not only that, it's to grow together in relationships. So this podcast is gonna talk a little bit about that and I'm excited to share it with you guys. You're listening to In Progress with me, Oki, and today I'm gonna be talking about real relationships. Mothers, exes, and foes. You may be wondering why have I decided to pick out these three specific subjects? Because I've learned some very valuable lessons from all three, and I just thought it's been in my head for a while now, and I didn't know how to put it together. Because there are three big topics, which I will be briefly talking about them today. Because I'm not going to make this like an hour. All right, it's going to be just about enough time to talk about it and really deep dive into it. And then I'm going to have further explorations of this topic with experts in the upcoming episodes, so you have to stay tuned, all right? So as you know, relationships can be really healthy, really fun, and also contagious. Disclaimer, I am not a relationship expert. I am not a therapist. I am a work in progress, okay? Like you, I just like to think about stuff and talk about it because I've been learning about relationships and building relationships through my studies in psychology, also talking to therapists and learning from real psychologists and just the people around me. And we all know that in life, we have experienced four types of relationships. There's family, there are friendships, casual relationships, and the last one, of course, romantic relationships, which I think it's total hashtag goals, right? Who doesn't want to have a romantic relationship? Me, I do. So we also know that relationships is built on close connections between people. And they're not only formed by the connection itself because you get along, but also the emotional bond that grows over time and the interactions that you have with the people. And they're actually strengthened and empowered by mutual experiences together, right? So I have experienced both toxic and healthy relationships. And right now, I just want to share seven points that I've read about, which are really relevant to healthy relationships, which I think we all should remind ourselves of it, okay? So number one is equality in a relationship. However you want to interpret that, equality is when you and your partner or your mother and you or and your friend and you have equal rights to say, make an opinion, and decide something together. That's important because that also leads to our next point of respect. If you don't have respect for your partner or in that relationship, it's very hard because then you would just take it lightly. You have no no commitment to this person or any sense of value of this person in your life as part of that relationship. Next, number three is mutuality. Mutuality is everything. If you are not on the same page about your values, perhaps if it's religion is important for you, or just your vision and your ambitiousness as a person, it's really difficult because you'll be in two different wavelengths. And it's like trying to put the two and two together, but the frequency just never matches. And I've been through that a couple of times, actually. And you know what? Lessons learned from exes and foes, all right? And the next point is the biggest one that I believe puts everything into play is communication. If you can't communicate well with that person in your relationship, whatever relationship that you're in that I've mentioned all four, It's hard because then you can't get your message across. You can't really say what you mean and they can't understand what you are trying to explain, Uh, whether that's how you feel or whether it's how you won't see um, a solution to a problem. It can lead to bigger problems. So learning to communicate better and having the right tonality to get your message across is essentially the biggest key in having a healthy relationship. Another one... Point five is responsibility and accountability. You as a person in a relationship should be responsible of what you do in that relationship and outside of your relationship. And if it's wrong, you take accountability for it. You apologize. You make it right. And if you can't, then you're just inhumane. (laughs) Okay, take that back. I think it becomes immature. If you can't be responsible and taking accountability for yourself, it, it, just even as an individual. Because I'm pretty sure at work or at school, you would have those two, And your teachers, professors, your bosses would say the same thing, right? Number six has got to be support. Whether you supporting your partner, your family, your friends, or having that support from that person in your relationship. Without support, you will feel empty, Because that person in your life is already an added value. And they should be supporting you. Obviously, it has to be good for you, right? And yes, they might have their opinion for it, but you have to respect their opinion. You just have to learn to understand each other as well. And the last but not least is honesty. One of the most difficult things to have, to receive, and one of the most important things that you definitely want and need in a relationship. So my experience with honesty was not the most pleasant. It was rather painful, but it was a learning lesson. It became my biggest learning lesson up to this date. So I hope my points of healthy relationships help remind you that they are essential to have but also essential to work on, because like any relationship, it's never just like a key and a hole, all right? It's, it's gotta have work. You've got those ridges that needs to fit in order for you to unlock the key door, and that's what it is. It's about working together and mutually having the same effort and vision to be better in the relationship. Now that we have covered some foundation grounds, I am excited to talk about mothers, exes, and foes. Why I wanted to talk about mothers, because I feel like out of my conversations, whether that's at lunch or dinners, just drinks with my friends, we always go, oh my God, my mother this or my mother that. Not bad things. Sometimes they're funny, but sometimes they also get really anxious or afraid of something because of what's happened in their interaction with their mother. Let me tell you, I love my mother. She is one of a kind, I tell you. (laughs) Because she's my queen and she gave birth to me. She has sacrificed things in her life for me and keeping the family together. She is the glue, she is my teacher, she is my boss, all right? But most of all, she has taught me some of my biggest lessons in life, which I naturally believe mothers play that role. So this podcast is not going to say how you should be a good mother and what makes you a bad mother. No, I just wanted to cover some grounds and share my story about my relationship with my mother and about relationships with mothers from stories that I hear from my friends, my um, my family members as well, my cousins, um, my colleagues. And even when I spoke to a psychologist because I went to meet this lady who uh, was introduced to me because I was having a really bad time with my mother at this one given moment. And I have to say that I learned a lot because there are some things that I have experienced that I didn't know was something that I shouldn't be accepting of because it has affected me growing up um, into this adulthood mentality now. She told me that there are a number of mother-daughter relationships that can be toxic. And we actually went through a list, so I'm gonna share you this list. One of the first points she mentioned was that um, a dismissive behavior from the mother. It's where it makes the child, or me, for example, feel unworthy of attention, Um, and where where I would experience like this deep gut-wrenching self-doubt because I'm not acknowledged. Um, for what I do for them. So for example, I try to win awards, get really good grades, and get a really good promotion raise, and like give some of my bonuses to them to make them proud of me. But I think it just comes with Asian parents, right? They, They don't really say that out loud. However, in the last two, three years, my mom and dad were like, we're really proud of you, you should know that. And I would just burst out crying. And then she would go, why are you crying? Like, you want to be, want us to be proud and let you cry. <laughs> and I was like, I had to explain to her, it was tears of happiness, of course. And then my psychologist actually mentioned that there are relationships where the mothers can also be controlling, where they might where it would be micromanaging their, their daughter, for example. Um, one of the things I also could relate to is... Uh, emotionally unavailable behaviors those who like actively kind of withdraw from their daughter's approach or or withhold love so there's a joke in my family I would go like mom do you love me and she was like "Ugh, why would I love you look at you like you grew up like this imagine if I love you imagine what you would look like I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but They're not very good at expressing their love. So they're not emotionally like in tune with that stuff, right? And definitely no physical contact, like barely any hugging or comforting. I'm usually the one that's like a hugger. And I would like just go up to her on the couch and be like, mommy. And I just like put my whole body on her. (laughs) And then she'll get pissed off. But this particular point plays a really big role. not Not just for me, but I'm just saying that in general, the psychologist mentioned that when mothers become emotionally unavailable, especially to daughters, it would leave daughters feeling emotionally hungry and even sometimes needy, like desperately needy. I I feel like I've experienced that personally. And this, she said, could lead to have daughters like become really insecure and often become very clingy as they get into adulthood and into relationships. Because they would seek constant reassurance from friends and lovers. So they they just have total self-doubt, no confidence, nothing. And because they grew up with none of that in their life, so they, they would try to seek that elsewhere, which can be quite dangerous, right? And the last point uh, she mentioned to me, the psychologist, um, so she helps a lot with family relationship building. She said that, there's also mothers who have combative uh, behaviors, so they don't recognize their own baby behavior and they abuse this power as a mother. and they, they do power play. So it could be like verbal or emotional abuse to win like conversations or just situations, um, and sometimes could even resort to physical force. I'm just saying, we Asians. I mean, I've had shoes thrown at me, <laughs> or like coat hangers, right? It's normal. I think mean, it's just what they grew up with, what their parents grew up with, and it's not. It's not like they're trying to hurt us. It was just kind of like, okay, you did something bad. Like conditioning, don't do it again. If not, you'll get this. Okay. So I learned about child uh, psychology and conditioning. I don't say that that's the best thing to condition your child in bad for bad behaviors. But it was their way of doing it. So the psychologist explained to me that combative behaviors in mothers is really um, dangerous for children, um, especially daughters. Because in the future, as they get into adulthood, it instills fear and could lead to timid behaviors and major insecurities and really, really bad anxiety. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff, you can definitely read on it because I read um, for their explanation and descriptions in psychology books. Um, I also Google, but I um, you know, talk about this list with a professional, a real psychologist. So it's really important that as much as I'm telling you these things, it's just for a reference for you. But at the end of the day, I'm not the professional. I'm not the expert. I just feel like there are these points that we could really learn from and make the effort to actually explore more and learn more about it. Sometimes we wonder why we behave like our mothers. It's because we strive so hard not to, and we strive so hard focusing on the things that she's done for us or to us that we don't want to replicate, right? But you end up doing it because <laughs> she's your mother. But that's okay, it's a learning lesson. And you will eventually pick out what's good for you and what's not. and. Right now, I just want to share my lessons learned from my mother, which I feel like sometimes you need to remind yourself of what you've learned from her. And one of the biggest points for me was that she told me, no one is going to save you but yourself. So you got to be thankful. you got to be grateful. You have to pray to God. She is religious in her way, but she's never one to, like, push religion on me, right? And she said, fear no one else but God. This is going to save you because while you are... Scared to lose people in your or things in your life or coming in and out of your life that are temporary, God will always be there within you forever. It's only gonna disappear. Like God's only going to disappear because you don't pray, for example, or don't look for God. So at the end of the day, these other things surrounding you is temporary. And in order to do that, you gotta self-care, you gotta give yourself love and don't rely on anyone else. And from that, I was like, mind blown. Also, obviously this is the stuff that you hear all the time, but when it comes from your mother, dang girl, it's a different story. Let me tell you that. Also, what I learned from her is that unconditional love is is never found anywhere else other than your mother. Maybe some of us are lucky to have that from our partners, and from our friends. But unconditional love truly comes from our mother. At some point in our lifetime, our mother do love us unconditionally. No matter the fights, no matter the arguments. My father taught me this. He said, no lion is going to eat her cub. And I was like, okay, that's true. <laughs> as much as she, you know, she's my queen, she's my lion, and I'm the cub, and as much as we fight, like, she's still my mother. Now that we've covered the topic of mamas and our queens, I wanted to go and into exes because that's another point in my life that I've definitely learned in this real relationship situation. So when you're in a relationship, you sort of have butterflies and you kind of get blinded. It's a mixture of things together. Adrenaline, you know and excitement, endorphins, all those hormones all together. And then when shit breaks loose, a breakup happens, you're just like, oh my God, I've lost myself. I don't know who I am. I've lost my other half. I've lost a big part of me because you were so reliant on this person for everything, perhaps for happiness, for your emotional stability or financial stability, or just being afraid to be alone, so you just need to be with somebody, right? So here's a quote I I try to remember. I try because sometimes I don't remember it and then I behave really badly. (laughs) Um, A breakup is like a broken mirror. It is better to leave it broken than hurt yourself trying to fix it. I can tell you that right now, it really is very relevant to the reality of a breakup. And sometimes we just don't behave or respond well to breakups, right? Well, it happens, and sometimes it's the the journey of accepting the breakup is the worst part. It's actually the process of griefing. And as I read about it, griefing have different levels, right? So it's like you're crying about it, you're angry about it, and then you're hopeful about it, trying to fix it, and then you finally come to accept it. That's something you guys can read up to. I'm going to write the uh, recommendation of, of a website and book that you can look up to about the levels of griefing and acceptance. And my ex actually told me this because we were going through it and I was just like super angry at him and just like I hated him. I was like swearing at him. Yeah, I didn't remember that quote because I was trying to fix it, but it was already broken into little pieces and I made that choice. But we learned from that. My definition of a relationship is actually like a business. I see my partner and I, my boyfriend and I, my girlfriend and I, Our shareholders or investors into the business. Or it could be like we're both founders, right? Which are also shareholders. And in order to grow the business or grow the relationship, you have to invest into the business. And that investment entails everything from your emotions, your efforts. That's like going through trials and error. If you're in tech, it's like trial A and B, you know, your user experience and so forth. It's an investment. And from that, you have product development or that business development side where you get creative and innovative keeping the sparks alive or doing things together or doing things separate separately because it gives you time apart to miss each other more and eventually you want to scale up like you you grow together and upgrade you want to raise funds that's and even further stage of your life, building a life together. And eventually you want expansion. Perhaps you want to have a family together or not, or just travel the world, right? So it's a business for me. And sometimes we forget about that. But now I think I got it, I got it figured out. I think it's it's better to think of it as like a business, as opposed to like a lovey-dovey, emotionally heavy relationship. Because sometimes we forget to be realistic to ourselves. A friend of mine actually asked me uh, recently, just out of out of random conversation, and um, she said, "Do do we really have soulmates? Like, do you believe in that soulmates who are not necessarily our actual partners, our boyfriends or girlfriends, right, or our husbands or wives?" And like to me, the idea of soulmate um, actually has people thinking that once they find this person, the one. Everything is supposed to be like smooth sailing from there. No, honey, you crazy, all right? You still have to build that relationship. You have to learn to communicate and face past the demons and distractions, set boundaries together and build. And the thing is, you got to sustain trust. And one that people tend to forget in relationships is it's going to get hard You have to weather the storms that come and tear you apart, the distractions in relationships. I mean, everybody strives for a monogamous relationship in this world, which I've been very grateful and lucky to have in my life, but some are not lucky. Like People get cheated on. People get abused in their relationship and because they don't wanna be alone, they don't know better, they stay in it. And for me, that becomes like a dangerous, toxic situation that everybody needs to remember about self-care first speaking of self-care there are things that you might think are not right and you think it's wrong then you know don't do it you got to learn to say what you mean you got to really be kind to yourself because when you're in a relationship you kind of forget yourself and it happens so lessons learned from being with my exes I mean I've had relationships that started real fast. Literally met this guy at my workplace, which I was still a student, so we worked in our university. It was an event, and he was an usher, and I was an usher. And we got along so well that night that we just stayed together from then until seven months later. Half of that time, we were uh, long distance. But it took me five years to forgive him and forget him from my life. And yeah, I mean, that was, that was a slow burn, I tell you. So the lesson learned here is that most relationships built on a solid foundation begin slowly. Even if, you know, the excitement is high, it's actually beneficial and better to practice like a pace that allows you and your partner to build the solid bonds, the the emotional strength together, the mutuality together and your trust before you actually open yourself up, whether that's your emotional feeling or a deeper level of intimacy that you can't return from. Because once you're in it, sometimes you just like get into a hole, you forget everything else. Like they say, love can be blind or is blind it happens and we forget to actually build and strengthen that foundation and that's something i've always tried to to do in my relationship but i'm always very like impatient right so i was told like by one of my exes like you're totally going too fast like you just want like so many things in this relationship But for me, it wasn't me wanting them. It was more like a conversation to see whether they were in the same headspace or wanted the same thing, same things as I, I wanted. So there was that communication issue because I would say one thing and then they would see another way. So yeah, blah, blah, blah. Case closed now, that's why they're my exes. (laughs) And not gonna do that again, hopefully in the future, right? So not only have I learned to like set boundaries, um, from being with my exes, but also learned to love myself a lot more. Um, an ex of mine actually told me, like, you need to love yourself first to be happy with yourself and be fulfilled with yourself before you can actually be happy with me. That's what he told me. And I was like, god dang, like, I should know this. I should be preaching this to myself, right? Hopefully that reminded you some of your lessons learned from being with your exes. I don't mean to like bring up thoughts or, or sadness or anger, but if you feel that way, there must still be some attachment to it, to, to your exes, and you know it's hard to heal if you're pretending you're not hurt. As much as we try to be a rock and like not think about the fact that we're upset of what's happened, it's very important to let it go the way you really need it to let it go. And once that's done, commit to yourself, to your inner peace, like growth and your self-love, and just have days of gratitude going forward. Now that we've covered our exes, sweep it away off your shoulders because I want to talk about foes. If you don't know what foes mean, it's an enemy or an opponent. Basically, it's like a friend who used to be your friend, or your best friend, or whatever, and you sort of just broke up with that friend, and like in this day and age, like Kylie Jenner and Jordan, okay, so them two broke up, all right, that's a foe right there, so growing up, I lived with my parents until the age of seven, and then I went to another country and did a homestay with a local family. And I went to school, of course. So I didn't have my parents with me until about a year later when they moved to the country. And so I moved out and lived with them. So I grew up amongst friends. So friends were family for me. And it's funny because it's like as I grew up and get older, I would rather hang out with my friends and my family because it's as if they understand me more and my situation. Because they were there and they've witnessed everything, what I've gone through, like what I grew up with. The happy times, the sad times, the angry times, you know, the bad and good times. So when I break up with a friend or lose a friend, that is like one of the most devastating feeling for me, apart from like, obviously, if I had a boyfriend and lose that as well, right? But this this sort of friendship is, that friendship relationship is so valuable to me because I'm one of those people who are very protective of my friends and who would do anything for them and forget boundaries. (laughs) So even with friends, guys, you gotta have boundaries, okay? Because sometimes we forget about that. And sometimes your friends just want their own time and we can't be forceful on that, right? You just have to communicate it well and have that respect with them and and obviously your friends because you have mutuality between the both of you. So now I wanna share a story about a friend that I broke up with. Um, I grew up with her in boarding school um, because after my parents left the country that I was in, I went into boarding school for about eight years. So I grew up with this person, I was her friend, I protected her, uh, I was very defensive for her. You know, We grew up and went to university, we met up and up until she like got married. Um, Up until that point, we were really good friends. And then towards the end, when she got married on her wedding day, I felt really stepped on. I mean, you'd think I'd be drunk or whatever. No, I was not. I was like literally feeling really sad because I felt like she felt better than me because she was married. And so I expressed how I felt. Maybe the timing was not right, and it was through text. And she got really upset with me because she was going on her honeymoon and then her husband started talking to me and I was like, okay, now it's getting out of hand. And that was my mistake. I made that happen. I tend to be one of those people that kind of just says how I feel uh, because you feel like your friends would, would understand you and forget you. uh, But we forget that they also have limits, right? So I think one of the lessons here that I learned is that again, you can't really rely on everybody. Friends are replaceable. And sometimes, again, when you get too comfortable, you start to feel like you can do anything. Forget other people's limits. You forget respect. You forget how to communicate better. And sometimes you even forget to be honest with them. And when you're too honest, they can't handle it. And it's just like, okay, I'm at fault every part of this situation, right? Um, Again, it goes back into accepting. Just accepting that you did it, that's happened. That's how they want to react to it. Because my definition of a reaction and a response is very different. A reaction is that they really brash, and it's very emotionally involved, and they don't think about all the other things of our history and our past together, whereas response is like they would talk about it, discuss, and actually want to have me in their life and try to solve it, right? So those are the things I just wanted to share with you today foes might be so little. I don't really like to have foes in my life because that takes a lot of energy. And I hope that you don't focus too much on foes, not talking too much shit about your foes, your friends, your family, or your exes, because it really does take a lot of energy out of you. And right now in my life, I am focusing so much on me that I attract so much positive vibes, positive energy from people and people who really want to better themselves too. So, I want you to take from this podcast not only understanding how to be better in your relationships, but also know what is healthy in that relationship and whether it's toxic. Just remember, if it's toxic for you, the best way to deal with that situation is to walk away. It's going to be so hard. You're going to feel so attached to it, and you'll feel anxious and so afraid of the outcome, that you don't want to walk away. In fact, you should run as fast as you can and heal all the wounds, learn from it, and understand what a healthy situation would look like, and don't accept anything less. I recently read a post by Jay Shetty, and it says that you cannot heal in the same environment that made you sick. And I think that's probably one of the best advice I've heard in a while. Thank you for listening to In Progress with me, Oki, and I hope today's episode has been fruitful for you. It's a random one. I don't know why I wanted to speak about mothers, exes, and foes, but it's just been in me recently, and it's it's the experience I've had in the last four to five months that's really shaping me as a better person And I just wanted to share with you guys and hopefully that it could remind you that you can learn from your lessons too, instead of seeing it as a piece of negative thing that's happened to you and turn that into an opportunity to better yourself, focus on self-development and love yourself even more. So sending you lots of virtual hugs and love and kisses. Have a great one ahead and see you in the next episode.